Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a Sunday Night Baseball Chase Thomas podcast edition of the pod. I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined, as I am every single Sunday night, by the great Stacy Gatsulius of Locked On Yankees. Stacy, good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad. You were you were a little concerned over the weekend about our recording because uh, Mother Nature ha- potentially had other plans for rec- recording time. But as it stands right now, things are good, right? Yes, yes. Um, Henri was a little bit more to the east. And even though we did get a lot of rain, there wasn't a lot of wind. So... Um, where I live, we have power lines below the ground. So my neighborhood, my immediate neighborhood is perfectly fine. But of course, the main source of our power is on poles. Sometimes you get idiots driving in the rain, crashing into those poles and knocking out the power for six hours. We've had that happen. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a tree branch will fall and then we're without power for three weeks. So it, it's really, that's why I was worried. I was more worried about that than anything. And thank goodness that hasn't happened yet. There you go. Yeah, so it, the, I guess it's not happening in the south at all. Like, it, the weather's been fine. Like, is this just entirely a northeast thing? I'm, I, I should be more up to date on this, but I have oh, not. Oh, yeah, it was pretty yeah. much out in the ocean the whole time. Mm. Um, I think maybe, you know, North Carolina, uh, like the Outer Banks saw higher waves and stuff like that. But he, he I call it he because <laughs> it was a he named storm. But um, it was out in the ocean more. And it, I believe the eye went over rhode island hmm. and then it's gonna go it's gonna kind of go in and then make a turn and go toward like newfoundland and go up that way to the maritimes so yeah and it might be slow moving too so they might get a lot of rain in canada you're all over this oh i was obsessed with weather when i was a child so i watch all that stuff did you want to be a meteorologist when you wanted to grow up i i did i did and huh. i was one of those weirdo kids that i watched the news when i was three and four so um, I remember when Elvis died. I remember the Iran, the Iran hostage stuff because I was about four and five when that was happening because I constantly watched the news because I was obsessed with news and weather. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Huh. There you go. Yeah. Um, I couldn't do that. Like I, that, That's a tough job because what, people don't remember when you're right 347 days a year. People remember when you're wrong and you're on their kid's birthday party. Right. It's a rough job. Oh, yes, exactly. And it's actually kind of funny because I ended up going to a college where Al Roker attended. Mm-hmm. He was class of 1976 and he spoke at my commencement. <laughs> so it kind of came full circle in a way that all my weather obsession, uh, you know, for him to be there that day was kind of funny. Wait, is Al Roker a meteorologist? Yes. Is that really what he does in that show? Oh, yes, he actually is a meteorologist. I mean, they have him on now more because he's a personality. Yeah. And, but he was the local Channel 4 weather guy for a really long time. Okay, don't mm-hmm. judge me, but I did not know that. I just thought he was oh, a personality yes. on that show. I did not know that that was his actual his oh, actual yeah. thing. That's what he went to school for. Yep. Huh. Never knew that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never knew that. People Stick are... with me. I'll tell you all this useful, useless... I almost said useful. Useless <laughs> information. No, this is important stuff. Like, I, I did not know this. This is something I was not familiar with. Um, what uh, what have you been watching? What have you been reading since uh, last Sunday, Stacey? Um, well, I don't read much. I skim things because my ADHD is 
Um, it doesn't allow me to actually sit and read. I can watch videos on stuff and I've done that. Like, you know, MLB puts up good content Mm -hmm. (laughs) when things happen in baseball. So I kind of, I gravitate toward that more than reading things. Um, their YouTube page is good. Yes. They put up a lot of content and they show a lot of the stuff you need to see. I agree. Very good stuff. I I actually wrote a video for them earlier this year about, about spring training. I wrote the script for it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. How was that? How was script training. writing for you? Yeah, and why they have spring training. I learned some things. I knew some of the stuff, but I didn't know some of the really early stuff. And I thought that was really fascinating. And people in the comments thought that too. They thought, wow, I didn't know that about spring training. So give me an example. Um, well, one of the main reasons spring training started was one of the owners in the 18, I want to say 70s, 1870s, got mad that his players kept showing up fat and out of shape. So he <laughs> dragged them down to the hot springs in Arkansas to detox them <laughs> oh. to get ready for the season. And that's basically how spring training started. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. yep. Did not well, know that. There you go. 1876. If hmm. I remember correctly, I wrote this script way back in March, so it's kind of out of my brain a little bit. But yeah, there were some interesting uh, things. You know, they moved Dodgers spring training to, um, they were in the Dominican Republic, and they were in Puerto Rico. Like, they were trying to get out of Florida because of the Jim Crow laws, because of Jackie Robinson, so they went to different places to avoid that. And yeah, it was some interesting stuff. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But I like the whole idea of spring training being detox for out of shape. But, you know, think about it. In 1876, these guys weren't making money to play baseball. They had other jobs in the winter. So some of them were bartenders. Some of them did other things where they were yeah. eating and drinking all winter. So, of course, they were going to come in out of shape. <laughs> but that's essentially how it started. Well, so that's interesting because, I mean, you can to to apply that to real like to just normal, normal citizen life. Um, me being a frequent gym goer and runner and exerciser, like I, I see this in January, you know, the new year's resolution folks, mm-hmm. but also the, the summer folks is what they don't talk about nearly as much. I right. see more of an uptick when it's like, Oh, I'm going to the beach in three weeks. That's more of an uptick than in January when you're, you're all bundled up and you're not, uh, you're not as nervous about it. Um, cause be, everyone's pale and not happy about it and blah, <laughs> like that is, <laughs> Like it, it, I think it's overblown. Like I've always held the belief that as a uh, gym person that I've never, I, I just think that they're, that it's overblown. It summer mm-hmm. is where you really see the people trying to do way too much too soon. The people who are coming in there and I just, I marvel at what people come in like and just are trying to figure it all out. Like the amount of people I see working out in jeans when they're getting back into it is, is alarming. I've seen people walk on the treadmill in boots what? this week. I saw what? someone in jeans tucked in <laughs> with running shoes and a tank top. And I, I just, I did, it, it was certainly a look. It was certainly a choice. And then you see the people bouncing around where they're just like, oh, what are they working on today? Because like, if you're at the gym for 30 to 40 minutes, you'll notice some people and you're like, they've gone from legs back to shoulder back to what? What are they doing? Uh, what are you doing? You, it, it's a it's a fun thing if you're uh, That's people why I working. work out at home. I don't want anyone <laughs> watching me. That's why I do Peloton at home. <laughs> How is Peloton? Well, I have the app. I don't have the actual bike yet. I- I'm saving up for that, but I love it. I got up at 745 this morning on a Sunday to get my hour in before everyone up else got up. So it's addicting. 
It is so addicting. And I used to make fun of everyone doing Peloton. Earlier this year, I made a TikTok making fun of people who had Peloton bikes in their houses. And now mm-hmm. I'm like saving up for one. Who's your favorite? My favorite instructor? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I have a, I like a lot of the British instructors because they have the coolest playlists. <laughs> because I love the 80s and 90s stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and 70s stuff. Like, I listen to the older things. I don't listen. I don't do two ta- 2010 rides. I don't do modern pop rides. Although, I did do one, and I noticed all the songs from TikTok. That's the only way I know modern music is from people using the songs on TikTok. So, <laughs> but yeah, I would say Benjamin, Leanne, Bradley, and Sam Yo from England. I like Emma Lovewell, Allie Love, Toon Day. I like pretty much almost everyone I, I and i've taken everyone's classes and as long as they have a good playlist i will be right in there doing it mm. i just can't stop thinking about always sending in philadelphia when it comes to pelotons and cycling classes i always think about that scene with um like dennis and d when they're trying to get back in shape this was i guess a long long time do you know what i'm talking about i believe so yes that's all i think about with their playlist and what was the who did they love like dennis was always this like super fan of it was an 80s guy, wasn't it? What is his name? Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Um, I cannot think of it off the top of my head. I haven't watched it in a while. I forgot who he was. It's not Neil Diamond, but it was somebody in the Neil Diamond family, I feel like, that he just he loved and that <laughs> they would not let him play, and I forgot what it was. Um, well, I'll think about it as we get started. Uh, mm-hmm. Stacey, I also think you just have to be in a good mood because your team that you cover and are a fan of, the New York Yankees have won 9 of 10... Things yeah. are good in New York. What uh, What's changed? What's working right now? Uh, they're winning the games that they would have lost a month and a half ago. <laughs> That's essentially it. Things are going right for them right now. Um, the example I'll give you is the first game of the doubleheader against the Red Sox on Tuesday. Jonathan Lewisica gets the bases loaded, no outs. They're only up 5-3. If that game happened a month ago, the Red Sox would have hit a grand slam. <laughs> the Yankees would have lost that game by at least four runs. And he got the line out and then struck out two batters to end the game. The Red Sox didn't score in that inning at all, which was just shocking. But Things are going well for them. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. You know, they're supposed to beat the Twins all the time. So they beat them three out of three. Would have been three out of four today. I'm telling you right now it would have been that way because the poor Twins just have no chance against them. You know, they did well against the White Sox, even losing that Field of Dreams game. Even if that was a month ago, um, things could have been different that series. But the Yankees in the past month and a half or month or so... They've been punched in the face repeatedly and then get right back up, win two out of three, three out of four, and they just keep that cycle going. Now, the the nine in a row, or the is it nine in a row? No, yeah, it's nine in a row now. That's kind of shocking. <laughs> and I know the eight, the A's, the Braves are on a roll mm. as well. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see them clash tomorrow. Um, And then the Yankees also have another big series against the A's because the A's are two games or two and a half now behind them in the wild card. That's a four game series that starts on Thursday out in Oakland. Yankees don't always have the best of luck playing out in Oakland. So this is going to be a test this next week. But I like where they are right now. 20 games above 500, which I saw the someone put, you know, when they were five above, 10 above, 15 above, 20 above. And the 10, 15 and 20 have all happened within the last like two weeks. So or three weeks. So it's all happened very quickly. And this was with 
Garrett Cole out with COVID, Jordan Montgomery out with COVID, Domingo Herman not being around, Gleyber Torres being injured, Gio Urshela being injured, all the other guys getting COVID, you know, because in the beginning of, uh, or when was it, the end of July when Judge and Higashioka and all those guys had COVID too. So I don't know what's happening. It's like a complete reversal of fortune. People keep joking that it was the cat that showed up on the field because the Orioles have lost 18 in a row since that game and the Yankees are 16 and three. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So people are thinking uh, the Orioles were cursed by the cat and the Yankees have been helped by the cat. So who knows? So was their last loss the White Sox game? Mm, Yes. Yes. Okay. So Andrew Haney has not pitched since that game. Andrew Heaney pitched, he held the Red Sox to a run on two hits in seven innings. Ooh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now that I, I admitted on my show I was wrong because I was expecting that uh, game to be, I I was expecting there to be like total, um, like crap on the mound, you know, like, you know, when someone lays a burger on the mound, I just was expecting that. And the fact that <laughs> someone said, oh, man, if the Red Sox can't beat Andrew Heaney, they're done for the year. Yeah. Like, how do you not beat Andrew Heaney? He gave up like 10 home runs against the White Sox. It was only like four, but still. It felt like 10. Um, and of course, the one run he did give up was a solo home run to Xander Bogarts in the first inning. Bogarts kind of trolled the Yankees by doing their uh, arm thing that they do. And then the Yankees beat their asses which i thought was funny it's like you don't troll in the first inning dum dum learn that lesson you can't trash talk and troll the other team in the first inning you have to wait till the game is over Hmm. people forget let that be a lesson to everyone out there two things in this braves yankee series one Mm -hmm. tomorrow night i don't know if you're making the drive down to atlanta for Uh for for the for the weekend uh for the the day or for the monday tuesday experience here at truest park but um the first fifteen thousand through the doors tomorrow gets a mike soroka bobblehead Ooh, kind of awkward though it's right. been a rough year and a half for him now i, I don't uh it, it's kind of weird to do bobblehead nights for guys who are who are gone and right. out for the year it's a little but bit why awkward. wouldn't they i don't know why hold that off postpone it yeah you can do somebody else. Like there's, there's a lot of other. Max Reed's pitching right now. Just get. He's pitching great. He just had a complete game. Um, no, just, uh, just change it up for Max Reed. I also like Max Reed. Um, the cheapest ticket I'm seeing right now, hundred and ten dollars. Wow. Yeah, this is going to be a hot ticket, and this is going to be a very, very, very uh, well, uh, well attended game. The game. I'm looking at a seat. A couple rows behind home plate is going for six fifty six. Nice. Directly behind home plate, two thousand one hundred and thirty six dollars. And that's still probably two thousand dollars less than it would be at Yankee Stadium. Really? Yeah. Sometimes those tickets are insanely expensive. Mm. It's crazy. Like people will sell them on the sec. You know, it's ridiculous. Hmm. I sat in the legend seats once, opening yeah. day of '09. But how was I that? Like well, it was amazing. Um, mm. You know, I I didn't get to go to the exhibition games because they had two exhibition games in early April of 09. And then the Yankees opened on the road. You know, the Pope was there. It was like a whole thing. So the Yankees had to, they didn't have their home opener till like April 16th of 09. It was a crazy schedule. And on a whim, I bought a legend seat for 625. I was uh, right near third base, like fourth row in the cushy seats. 
one of the best baseball going experiences of my life. I was like, wow, I want to be rich just so I can sit in seats like this all the time. It was great. <laughs> you know, they give you the menu. You can buy a jersey if you want to. They'll bring it out to you. Yeah, pick out whatever you want. We'll go pick it up for you in the store. It's like, okay. This what is a great. life. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, one of my friends uh, back in Atlanta, my good friend, uh, he, his company had just bonkers Atlanta Hawk seats. There were floor seats, like literally nice. right behind the, the visitor bench. Like when I say behind, I'm saying I am on TV the entirety of this game with <laughs> said friend and um, heard everything. It was it was remarkable. And I, I sat there a couple times with him and it was it was just baffling. Like the buffet section that they you go into and all just everyone around you. You could just like it's a weird thing until you've you you can't explain it to somebody who hasn't been around it where you're like the amount of wealth around me is preposterous where it's just i it's a different world it's a different feeling it's a different vibe i it's it's really hard to explain but my first experience at a suite was out in anaheim Mm -hmm. i was a friend's plus one on a business trip and she went out there she was a media buyer and she was the guest of a tv station one of the tv stations that covered uh has the angels mm. or had because this was like 17 years ago yeah you know when you watch angels games and you see a guy standing behind home plate in the dugout suite with his arms crossed you see him all the time that's scott boris that's his suite behind home plate in anaheim that's his law firm's suite kcal suite which is the station that we right next to scott boris so we were hanging out with <laughs> scott boris <laughs> And this was 2004. And my friend Julie's like, oh, my God, we have to thank him for A-Rod. I said, you can do that. (laughs) I'm not talking to him, but you can do that if you want to. But we were sitting there in the sixth inning. All of a sudden we hear the dessert cart is here. And my friend goes, the what? The what? Mm -hmm. We walk outside. There's a dessert cart that's maybe six to eight feet long with everything you could possibly think of to put in your face. Cakes. Mm-hmm. brownies um chocolate shot glasses mm. i put baileys in a chocolate shot cup did a shot of baileys ate the chocolate then had brownies cookies they had cheesecake they had ice cream it was ludicrous they had that candy that uh the dots that come on the paper they i, I was everlasting like, gobstoppers is this just willy wonka's chocolate factory like, over here it was it was like willy wonka wheeling this and i'm like this is how rich people live this is the most amazing thing ever i want to live like this it was ridiculous absolutely ridiculous hmm i don't want any of that i don't i would just overindulge like that would just be like like you I just it would not go well i it would uh, it would not go I was well like i'm on vacation i'm gonna eat three pieces of cake i don't care mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we went to we went to uh we went to the beverly hills hotel the next morning because mm-hmm. uh the station gave us free spa treatments. Oh, I, I was her guest. Like I wasn't anyone. And they were like, they didn't let me pay for anything. They didn't even let me pay for sunscreen at the hotel uh, store. They're like, no, 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 we got it. I'm like, it's sunscreen. I, I, no, 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 we got it. I'm like, wow, I need to marry someone who's rich. Cause this is just, or marry someone who's in the business like this. So I can get free stuff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it really is a different existence though. That's really how you know you make it when you get the the little no, Stacy, with our podcasting stuff is like when we get a lot of free swag sent to us, like just oh. all kinds of random free swag. 
Yeah, I uh, I get protein bars all the time from one of our sponsors on Locked On. There you go. <laughs> and, they're actually, and they're actually really good. So every time I do an ad for them, I'm just like, no, I'm not lying to you. Mm-hmm. I actually eat these things. That's always good. That's like how the ad should be. Stuff that you, you like. And it, like Bombas. Like if they ever sponsor this one. Bombas oh, yeah, is legit. They're, mm-hmm. they're great. Bombas socks are incredible. They're the best socks. It's not even close. Like they're so cozy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So cozy. Love me some Bombas socks. You just got to find the right uh, the right company. Actually, you did a project on them for for graduate school last fall. Um, group project on them. So very familiar oh, with that you, company. You, you get to see Heaney on Tuesday. Ooh. Oh, boy. <laughs> Who's tomorrow? Uh, Jordan Montgomery. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So no, so we don't get Garrett second, Cole. It'll be his second start since coming back from COVID. So we'll see how he does. Because he was okay in his first start he started off really well and then he kind of fell apart so we'll see how that goes i'm excited yankees braves what could go wrong leave the memories alone the 90s were great to the yankees brave series for me it was nothing wrong it was all great um the padres no oh. longer <laughs> stacy a shoe in to get that last wild card spot like all year we've just penciled in the yeah. pods the dodgers and the giants like they are getting three if you don't win the nl central you don't win the nl east you're not making the playoffs. That is no longer the case. The devil magic in St. Louis might be mm. cooking a little bit. <laughs> I don't want any part of the Cardinals in a one-game playoff. Like, Mm-mm. that is... If you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, you're like, no. We, <laughs> I, we, we, we refuse. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want any part of this. But then again, I'm like, I want the Reds over the Padres just because the Padres are just getting destroyed by injuries and this rotation has just been decimated that like, I don't know, part of me kind of, because I don't really, like, who's who's going to be their starter in the wildcard game? Musgrove? Like, I don't... Jake Arrieta. Oh, God. <laughs> like, you I don't want that. They actually willingly got him. <laughs> is Sonny Gray the Reds wildcard spot? Is that who pitches for them? He might be. Hmm. He might be. Yeah, Scherzer versus Sonny Gray or Joe Musgrove or Jake Arrieta. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But what do you what do you make of the Padres no longer? If the playoff, like, let's put it this way. The playoffs start, started today, Stacey. They're not in. The Reds had that second wild card spot. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I really was afraid they were going to be no hit again last night. <laughs> they were very close to having that happen again. And especially having a kid making his debut and on the diamondbacks no hitting against you while the pitcher who threw your no hitter was the i mean just it's such an odd season for the padres you know and they have to throw tatis out in the outfield because of his shoulder and they're kind of like all right go out there have fun um just things are falling apart for them uh it's almost like almost like what's happening with boston you know, Boston seemed like a shoe in for at least one of the wild card spots if they didn't stay in second place or if they didn't uh, stay in first place in the AL East. And they're just rolling down the hill. It's kind of the same thing with the Padres. You're really enjoying this. Uh, the Red what, Sox Boston? slide. Oh, yes. I predicted it. Mm-hmm. I predicted that and I predicted the Yankees were not as bad as they played in the first half and that everyone needed to calm down and that things would turn around and that they would look like the team you expected them to be when the season began. And as usual, 
I was right. Now things could totally go to hell in a handbasket, but their remaining schedule, they're playing Baltimore a lot. They have the makeup game against the Twins. This is September. So their schedule is kind of okay. We'll see what happens, but things are working out the way I thought they would. And to the Reds' point, like, I just... I think you and I have talked about this, where, like, I just... I was very happy the Reds did not sell their pieces at the deadline. But the Reds were like, hey, we've got a shot. The Reds were like, we're not tearing down. We're not doing any of this. Like, we have two all-star outfielders. We're going to see what happens. Like, yeah, we might not catch the Brewers. home runs. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they even had Castellanos. Like, this? Like, Jonathan India's fun. Like, they're... I mean... I I don't want the Cardinals just because they're the Cardinals in a one game right. playoff, but like the Reds, they have a good offensive outing. Like the Dodgers, they could be in some trouble. Like that's not another team. You don't want to play them either. That, but wouldn't that be amazing mm-hmm. if it's the Dodgers Reds in a wild card game and the Dodgers throw out Max Scherzer and they lose? Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, no offense to my Dodgers friends. If you're listening to this, I apologize, but it just would be just for baseball. Well, they also just won the title. It's okay. Right. Yeah, I don't feel bad for the Dodgers after thirty something years, thirty three, oh thirty two. So, all right, there you go. Yeah, and you've been three straight times. Like it, it's fine. Like if the the Dodgers go down in the wild card game, like that's fine. Like, the, we, I'm not feeling any sort of sympathy towards the Los Angeles Dodgers. Things are good there, <laughs> and I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Um, speaking of the Cardinals, looks like Yadier Molina is inching towards an extension with the club. Do you? What do you what do you make of this deal? And is Yadier Molina just going to be the catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals for the rest of our lives? His life? And yeah. Yeah. I actually had to look up how old he was because in my head he's 45, but he's only 39. Mm-hmm. Only. Which, <laughs> I know. Well, in real life, only 39. In baseball. Well, um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. 39. In baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if he's still... I don't know. I feel like there, there is something to having a guy who has the experience, who's been around the block, you know what I mean? And he's gone through all this stuff and staying on the team and helping guys who may not have experienced some stuff. Like, I feel like there is some, um, I don't know. I think that that actually does help some teams to have a veteran like that around for the younger guys. And I don't mind that move at all. I don't think he's a detriment to the team at this point. I mean, if he was, they would, I would hope they'd say, okay, thank you for everything you did, but bye-bye. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just, he's a lifer. That man is just going to be there, be there forever. Um, He's probably getting a statue, right? Like, Melina, is is he getting a statue outside of St. Louis? He's got to. I, I hope the statue is of him with the ball sticking to his chest protector, because that would be epic it's possible because that was amazing the fact that they didn't do anything about the sticky stuff when that happened oh it was magic (laughs) there's nothing on that ball it just stuck there you know (laughs) something tells me that's not what they'll do (laughs) something tells me stacy well we're gonna pause real quick for an ad break but we'll be right back All right, we're back as the Sunday Night Baseball edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast rolls along where I'm still joined by Locked On Yankee Stacy Gotsoulias. Uh Stacy Francisco Lindor got called out by Mets ownership. Steve Cohen, a very online owner, mm. publicly criticizing the team. Um, 
I think it, it's weird because he's on the older side and he's he, he's new. He's excited. He he's more front facing than a lot of guys. He kind of has a lot of Mark Cuban to him. It, it feels like um, I don't like this. Like it's it was already weird because remember those reports like he was dining with people and like going out and trying to like it was weird where it's like yeah things are good he's taking us out he like he wanted to show them that he's more than just the guy signing their checks but it's like that's not how being a boss works you're still ultimately the guy signing my checks like there's no way to to move that part of it away and just treat you like one of the guys like that was always a weird thing where it just oh this is a recipe for disaster that's not how this should work um that kind of blurring of the lines can't end well but Lindor is reportedly okay something tells me he's okay with it because he just signed an extremely long contract (laughs) for this person so him saying yeah i'm not okay with it would not go well for the person who just signed a very large extension with the team and probably made some promises to ownership in the group that uh he would uh he would he would do great and be he backed the team and all this stuff but I, I don't know. What do, what do you make of the Lindor uh, situation in New York? Because I just, I feel bad for him. I do. Um, I expected there to be an adjustment period. I just didn't expect it to be this long. Because you, you always saw it when guys came over to the Yankees um, signing huge contracts. Like, you know, you saw it with Jason Giambi. Um, saw it with A-Rod. You saw it with, uh, no, well, Shara didn't really start off that slow, um, and neither did CeCe. But there were some guys that kind of felt the pressure to be the guy, and I feel like in a way he did, Lindor, and I think he comes back next year totally different player, or back to himself. I feel like this just might be kind of a lost year for him, and... um, you know, once he gets that one year of being a New York Met under his belt, he'll be fine. I just don't like the whole, oh God, I, I, I sometimes think of what the world would have been like if George Steinbrenner were on Twitter. Like yeah. if, if something like Twitter existed when Steinbrenner was still alive, still coherent and still doing crazy things for the Yankees, it would have been a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I just think the new age of ownership, I think they're just going to want to be more and more involved. Um, I don't know. The, we'll see. I just feel bad. The season from hell for the New York Mets. I don't feel bad about that, but I do feel bad for Lindor. Um, the Rangers, in a surprising move, uh, part ways with their assistant GM, Shiraz. Raymond, what do you what do you make of this? Because the Rangers, John Daniels, I, I don't know because I guess he was so successful early on in his tenure. And I still think he's the youngest person to ever get a general manager job in major league baseball. He might, I, I don't know if that's changed if anyone's younger has passed him, but I remember at the time he was, mm-hmm. um, he was a whiz guy and he was obviously very successful early on, but the Rangers have been bad for a very long time now and they've yeah. not made their way out of the cellar. A lot of stuff does not work. They have not developed well, the only thing they do well now is develop veteran pitchers to flip them for Colby Allred's of the world later. <laughs> like that is their their thing. They're just like this retirement community where they get people back on their feet and then ship them back out. The the Lance Lynn's, the the Mike Miners, the Kyle Gibsons. That's just what they are now. Right. But right. it's just weird. It's kind of like he this isn't GM now gone, but like why does John Daniels? not get more heat i don't understand that really well it it seems that 
um, they wanted, well, John Daniels moved, he moved up to baseball, uh, president of baseball operations. Mm-hmm. And Chris Young was brought in as general yeah. manager, manager. And I that was basically like the indication that, because <laughs> you would think the assistant GM would move up into that position and they yeah. brought in Davis instead of, so, I mean, I don't blame Raymond for leaving. Um, you know, I, I think that was pretty much the final nail in the coffin for him. Yeah, and the writing that, was in the wall at that point. Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, I always kind of, I find it kind of strange when people don't stick it out for the entire season. I know the Rangers are bad and I know things mm-hmm. aren't going well for them. Um, but I always find it strange that, you know, if he didn't leave when that first happened, why not just stick it out to the end of the season? Mm-hmm. You know, um, no, Levi Weaver. Yes. Uh, Friend of the pod. The Been on this podcast. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I love him. Um, that the Rangers have met with Kyle Boddy from driveline uh, about a position in the Rangers organization right now. He's the director of pitching for the Reds. Let's go back to the Reds. So that will be an interesting thing to see if they can swipe body from the Reds and bring him over to the Rangers and try to just completely change everything and do an overhaul and fix things because it's a shame that the Rangers, you know, because there was a while there that they were good and then they just really fell off it's just bad like there's no path their farm system's not good like the rangers are going to be bad for a while and we've just kind of accepted like i don't know it just seems like they're kind of helpless and no one seems to really care that they're kind of helpless um speaking of helpless stacy um mlb they leaked the proposal on thursday of this past week that uh, would set a salary floor because the collective bargaining agreement expires on i believe december 1st this year um so there with their adjustments there'd be a salary floor of 100 million dollars instituted um and then a soft salary cap that would be lowered to 180 million what do you make of uh, this this proposal from major league baseball I like the floor. I don't like the cap. I think there should be a floor. I think a lot of these guys are getting away with not spending money on their teams, and it drives me crazy to see teams that have, like, $30 million payrolls. Like, if I were a fan of a team like that, I'd be pissed. Um, You know, teams that tank, teams that try to do what Houston did. You can't do what Houston did. Like, things worked out for Houston. (laughs) You know, with they made the right draft picks, but draft picks are very... You know, you don't know what you're going to get, really. I mean, you could get what may be the best player in the draft, and then he doesn't amount to anything, you know? And I feel like a lot of these teams are trying to emulate other teams that have uh, not spent money and have spent five years being absolute dog crap and torturing their fans with not playing well. The Pirates. Um, You know... I I don't like the cap. I think teams should spend as much as they want. If they go over the luxury tax, then tax them, make them pay whatever they need to pay. But I don't think these guys should get away with not paying anything. And I like the idea of the floor. Yeah. I, I just wonder, because this is something that's interesting about baseball. When people are, they talk about like, oh, we need um, the baseball way of doing things. Like, it's interesting to talk to fans who are like, you know how everything is just kind of, everything's a niche now like everyone who likes the nba it seems like 
just watch the NBA, keep up with mm. the NBA and people who watch the NFL. It's like they only keep up with the NFL. Um, so it's funny when I read stuff and I talk to people about this because as someone who like ingests everything and watches everything and enjoys everything, like I find it fascinating when people talk about the major league baseball, just being like this Mecca of player empowerment and doing the right thing and all this stuff. And then no salary cap. And I'm like, they don't have a salary cap, but they, they have a salary cap. The luxury tax is still a thing and they're still, mm-hmm. they no, there's still some, some restrictions there, but also like what you're seeing is you can't force these teams to spend this money and major league baseball is probably less player friendly than these other leagues because they're not paying veterans. Like they learned a long time ago, like NBA and the NFL has figured this out now, but major league baseball was an early adopter of like, yeah, we're going to stop paying Walt Weiss, uh, $12 million to be average. We're just going to get someone who's slightly below average out of triple a, to do basically 75% of what they did. Like that is something the league just became accustomed to and just preferred doing. And now you're seeing that in the NBA, which some G league guys were like, do we really want to give a three-year deal with a lot of money to an okay veteran who doesn't really move the needle for us? Or do we want to just, uh, save that money, have some cap space because you know, cap space, and then just (laughs) play a lot of young guys who are slightly worse. Like that is something a lot of leagues have figured out, but it's just funny to me when people talk about baseball as like the ultimate where you can make as much money as you want and salaries are amazing. And I'm like, well, first select few, but it's still really bad for average to slightly above average veterans. Like, have y'all watched the Mike Moustakas stuff over the last five years? Like, there's so many examples of this where it's like, no, it's actually still pretty bad for for a lot of guys. Yeah. It's funny that you brought up Walt Weiss because he's from where I live in New York. Really? Well, I just I, maybe I had the raise in the line, but I'm just thinking about like those average guys who just like people, Chuck Knobloch, whoever, like you, you can right. just look at up and down the list of those people that just get overlooked because they're not superstars. So teams are like, ah, oh, can we, are we sure we can't get like a triple A guy to replicate 80% of that for far cheaper? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like there's going to be a lockout. I feel like yeah. there was a lot of contention between the players and the owners, especially last year with all the COVID stuff and trying to figure out how to play the season and things that are happening. And I don't know. I feel like there might there it, this might be bad. I feel like there there might be a work stoppage. <laughs> oh yeah, like I I would I I, I agree with you. I, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean I hope not, but I really do. And um, I think when David Cohn was on my show, I think he thought the same thing, where he was like, "Yeah, it might be a little contentious." <laughs> <laughs> this might be a rough one <laughs> well it's, it's just we have a recency bias right like we just forgot how ugly it got last year like it was right. ugly it ugly was. yeah i don't think people yeah. have forgotten behind the scenes i just think they're like we're playing baseball now we'll get to the ugliness when the right. season concludes like i right. i think we're heading towards that i agree yeah um, it's, it's gonna be bad i i can i can see it now so like someone someone on twitter was joking about uh he was a yankee fan he's like well the yankees better win before the lockout of 2022 (laughs) Mm. it's like oh no well i think no (laughs) what i think we should do is really put put our trust in rob manfred i don't see a way that this does not go well i think uh, i I was i was making fun of him earlier because he was at the little league world series mm. and i'm like does this guy actually work or is he always on tv it's some you know photo op i mean i get it because it was the the game that espn had today and that was cool did you see the uniforms that the angels and the indians wore i did not they were like little leaguers it said great lakes and west Mm. 
like those were their uniforms and that was kind of fun to see and you know all the little leaguers their families they were in the crowd watching the game and um the indians and the angels were at the games earlier in the day and interacting with the kids and doing some fun things and that's always a fun thing you know there was a lot of stuff that was missed last year and seeing it back not to its full form because it wasn't like they had regular fans in the stands but getting closer to, nor- to normal is nice to see but again as we just said you know next year has the chance to be the first really normal season in two years and it might not start on time yeah that's a scary proposition stacy the last thing we'll we'll touch on before we wrap up here your favorite story in baseball over the last week was what um i'm gonna say it's a yankee thing because andrew velasquez has come up and played in place of Gleyber Torres. He's a local Bronx boy. He's been playing, uh, staying with his parents while <laughs> he was home on the homestand, and he finally hit his first home run uh, in Saturday's game. They showed his family on TV. They were crying, and of course, because I'm emotional and saw that, I was like, that's the cutest thing ever. And, you know, I I don't think he's long for the Yankees. Um, they might find a way to keep him on the team. Um, but Glaber's on his way back. Gio's on his way back. But for right now, that was a fun story. And just the fact that he was staying with his parents in the Bronx and commuting from the Bronx because he's like, I'm not staying in Manhattan. He actually said, I'm not staying in Manhattan. It's too expensive. <laughs> so I love that. Like, the local boy does good. Like that, I love that kind of story. And I also feel like... I think I've spoken about this. I feel like baseball is one of those sports where this is like, you can get romantic about baseball. And this is the kind of story that makes you romantic about baseball. Bronx kid makes the team in the Bronx and does well during his time that they give him this chance to play. And I just think that's the coolest thing. There you go. I like that. I like that. All right, Stacy. Well, what can we check out from you across locked on Yankees? And anywhere else this week? Well, I made the jump to YouTube. I did okay. <laughs> Getting used to it, though. It's a, little, it's a little difficult. I don't like watching myself, but I kind of have to, to make sure that I'm looking at things correctly. But, um, yeah, if you want to subscribe to Lockdown Yankees on YouTube, I'm up to 76 subscribers. If I can get to 100 by Thursday, Thursday's my birthday, I'll be very happy. So if people can do that for me, I would love that. Happy early birthday. Thank you. <laughs> what do you, are you doing anything special? I've, I know. Um, you know, I'm three years away from the big one. So the big 30. Yeah. I, oh God, I wish. Um, yeah, I'm three years away from the big five Oh, which is really frightening, but, um, yeah, 47, 47. How did that happen? Oh my God. Um, do you feel 47? Uh, physically, sometimes. Okay. Mentally, God, no. No. Yeah. Mentally, I still feel like I'm about 22. So That um, never changes, does it? No. It's very strange because I was, like I said, I watched the news when I was a kid and I was very adult-like when I was a kid because I had older cousins and I always wanted to be older when I was a kid and now I feel like I'm regressing as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a birthday cake person? Uh, yes, but I'm an ice cream birthday cake person because I'm a summer baby and I don't want to be sweating while I'm eating cake. And we're getting a heat wave this week. And of course, Thursday is supposed to be the hottest day. So I'm not happy about that, but we'll see what happens. Ice cream cake. So what does that entail? I've never had an ice cream cake, I don't think. Uh, 
there's an ice cream place up here. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's anywhere else called Carvel. It has vanilla on top, uh-huh. chocolate crunchy things in the middle, and then chocolate on the bottom. Okay. So is there an actual cake here? Or is the cake in the middle of this? Like, how does this work? No, it's just called an ice cream cake, but it's all ice cream. Oh, okay. Yep. There you go. So it's yep. just, it's it's all fake advertising. It's false advertising here. It's, there's no yeah. cake involved. Right. It's ice cream shaped like a cake. That's basically what it is. It's so good, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh and Carvel has these um you know ice cream sandwiches, the chocolate mm-hmm. wafer. Well, they have saucers, so they're round and mm-hmm. they have them in vanilla, chocolate or swirl. Mm-hmm. Those are really good and they're oversized. So if you get like a pack of those too, I'd be a happy person if I got the ice cream cake and the saucers for my birthday. After doing, go. you know, an hour and a half of Peloton, then I would feel okay doing it. Do does does your family listen to this podcast? Do do they listen to your appearances on Sunday nights? They do not, but they mm. know that I love. My mom usually gets me Carvel cake. She's it's funny, and she'll put like one year she put Hello Kitty on there. I think mm. my thirty sixth birthday. I'm like, Ma, it looks like a <laughs> looks like a six year old's cake. What are you doing? <laughs> I uh, I was never a cake person growing up. I remember one year my parents got me a key lime pie and put some candles on it because i i love key lime pie and um, oh yeah i don't know i was never i've never been a big cake person never been a so big you're ice a pie person not a cake person yeah i like i like pies like i like um i, I think it's just the bakery i, I don't know what it is like i like I, I like muffins i like uh i don't know there's just i'm not really much of a sweet person but i like the actual crust i guess i i don't know i like I, yeah I, I, like pecan pies i like um yeah strawberry i like i i, I like a lot of basically what i'm what i'm getting at is i like pie over cake for sure yeah you ever see that debate on twitter that's ugly it's almost as ugly as the is the hot dog a sandwich debate on twitter mm. from see, a few years back here's the thing stacy i avoided all this a long time ago i i used <laughs> twitter for promotion and sending my stuff out and then i i log off you're so much better than me i can't i feel like if i'm off for two hours and i i, I just miss too much There's that's too the much plan that's what i want i want to miss yeah. stuff i i want to be out of the loop i want to not know what is going on i like being out of the loop i also just don't know how people do their stuff like i see so many people who just the tweeting and i'm like how do you get anything done during the day like i don't oh no we don't mm. yeah no we don't well that explains um... that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was Case one closed. day I took two hours off from Twitter, and then I found out half the Yankees had COVID, and I thought, oh god, why did I leave Twitter? <laughs> this is what happens. This is what yeah. happens. Um, Stacey Gutzelius, we can follow you on Twitter at Stacey Scotts. Yes. Listen to you on Locked On Yankees every day. Go subscribe on YouTube for her birthday. It would be so nice, and it's just the the right thing to do. So go do that. Even if you're not a Yankees fan, go throw her a sub on YouTube. Stacy, thank you so much. Happy early birthday, and I will talk to you next week. Okay. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.